0: You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene
1: Steinberg. You know, a lot of our listeners have wondered why we have focused so much on UFOs and related mysteries, and as Christopher O'Brien said on our Shop Talk episode just very recently, we're going to try to talk about other subjects, such as later today you'll hear about near-death experiences a little bit new for what we've done on the PowerCast, but we'll get in there. But I wanted to get into something that was said, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. I assume this was the episode we did with Margie Kay, the MUFON assistant director for Missouri, about the Kansas City UFO flap. And she was talking about what I guess is technically called the invisible ships. And I'll read a story from a publication called The Journal in Humboldt County, California. It says, have you heard of the invisible ships phenomenon? cited in several New Age books and movies. It goes like this. When Captain Cook, Columbus, Magellan, depending on the version of the story you're hearing, arrived at the coast of Australia, Cuba, South America, the native people completely ignored them, presumably because huge ships were so alien to their experiences that their highly filtered perceptions couldn't register what was happening. Which means, of course, the ships were invisible. So the mystery being, is that true? Well, supposedly, I read a couple of historical accounts of this, and they said it's not true. It's kind of an urban legend, that maybe they would interpret the ships in accordance with their understanding of what things look like, traveling things, but they would certainly not be unable to see them. I think that's an argument that's made about UFOs also, that what we see is
2: colored by
1: our perceptions and expectations. That could be true, but it doesn't mean UFOs are invisible, does it?
2: Well... Well, I've had a number of cases, multiple witness cases, where the majority of the people described essentially the same thing, but several couldn't see anything. So how
1: do you explain that? Well, it doesn't mean that these particular incidents regarding these early explorations were, as they are reported
2: in the history books, which is they saw the ships. Well, we don't know, unless we're there unless we were able to determine through, you know, first-hand accounts. There's no way we're going to be able to to know for sure. Obviously, the knee-jerk conservative assumption would be that sure, the people saw the ships, that maybe they just ignored them, hoping that they would go away, or (laughs) maybe if we pretend we don't see them, they won't see us. But, you know, this developed into a thread, um, as a result of Margie's appearance on the show. And, and people are claiming this has been debunked and this and that and the other thing. It hasn't been debunked. We will never know. All I can say is I have been an investigator out in the field and I've had reports of multiple witness uh, occurrences that uh, some of the potential witnesses were unable to see what everybody else saw. So in interviewing these people... They claim they were not able to see what the other people were seeing, even when it was pointed out to them. So the human mind is a very wondrous organ. We don't know everything about how it works. Human perception is much more complicated than knee-jerk assumptions and debunking of second- and third-hand accounts. So, um you no know, unless you're there... Unless you can interview these people, uh, you really can't make a determination one way or another. And certainly historical records would be the ones
1: that the explorers produce and the ones they created. So you're seeing these episodes in their eyes, not the eyes of the people they visited.
2: Exactly. Bernal Diaz, um, I think, is probably the best documentation that we have of this particular type of phenomenon. When Cortez's three ships were off the shores of Veracruz, um, Diaz claimed that the Indians walked about uh, on the beach, carried on about their affairs, and either they were ignoring the ships or they couldn't see them. He was of the impression that that they they were unable to perceive them. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, I don't claim to be an expert in this. Nobody is. We weren't there with Cortez. Well, if we get in our time machines... That's how we're going to find
1: out what really happened. But this is going to be, you know, a long-term object for interesting discussion, especially the cases, the modern cases, where some people see something and some people don't. And we have to think about the sensitivities and about the subconscious reactions. It's very complicated. I also fascinating. It is fascinating. It really is. I also expect a lot of discussion about the episode featuring Joseph Farrell, which is not played yet when we record this episode. So therefore, we don't know how our listeners are going to react. I do know for a fact that a lot of people have asked us to get Dr. Farrell on the show, and I'm glad he came. He certainly knows his stuff. I can't say I necessarily agree with everything he says, but he has his stuff down pat. He knows his material, and he's willing to answer reasonable questions. But of course, to prove everything he says, we'll have to go back through history, look at all the historical records, and see what really might have gone on, and see where he interpreted things. But I am encouraged and also impressed by the suggestions that at least some of the UFOs in the early days, the classic UFO era beginning in 1947, may have been secret weapons. I well, don't see anything uh, yeah. wrong,
2: unusual about that. Yeah, and, and one subject that I meant to bring up uh, in the interview, which never did uh, come up, was the subject of Foo Fighters. Yes, the luminous balls reported by pilots during the latter stages of uh, the war in both theaters, Pacific and European, and there is a very interesting um, anecdotal and paper trail body of evidence that suggests that these also were some sort of secret uh, weapons by the uh, by the German uh, Luftwaffe or the Ernernab. And uh, I wanted to get into that, but we're going to have to have Joseph back on. It was a fascinating show. I can't wait for the reaction to it. He's a top-notch researcher. He's written six or seven books that examine various aspects of this man-made UFO and hidden technology question, um, starting in the 20s, actually, and going all the way through the present day. And fascinating reading. I recommend his books highly. All right, Joseph
1: Farrell, Dr. Farrell. Will we help you back in the future on the PowerCast to answer more questions? We booked them at the last minute. Didn't get a chance to open up the question bank for your questions. Do have a bit of possibly sad news to report. I might have mentioned this before on the show, but I will mention it now. Jim Mosley, the editor of Saucer Smear, is currently undergoing treatment at a hospital in Key West, Florida. I'm not going to mention the hospital because I don't want them to be inundated with phone calls and letters. But he is suffering from cancer. He's not a well person. And we do hope he recovers. But also understand Jim Mosley is 81 years old, so anything he suffers is going to be that much worse. But they've got really smart doctors working on him, and we have to hope for the best. Get well, Jim Mosley. Yep. Let's look into another subject, I hope not related. And I hope we don't segue to that. But a lot of our listeners have asked us to look at other things other than just UFOs. And we get into UFOs, we get into Bigfoot and stuff like that. We haven't really dealt with the pure so-called psychic phenomena, nor have we ever had a show that I recall dealing with near-death experiences. Chris, tell us more about our guest.
2: Well, our guest has been uh, working, researching, studying, and writing about uh, NDEs, as they're called, near-death experiences, since the 70s. And she's considered one of the premier um, researchers in this field. Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, having a lively discussion with her about about this particular phenomenon. And uh, we, Gene, we Jamie recently had a, an interesting article uh, that appeared in the mainstream uh, news about a doctor who claimed he was gone for a number of days and came back. And, and you know, uh, it, this is a subject I think that a lot of people are interested in because we're all, you know, <laughs> going to go there someday. So I think it's going to be a fascinating episode. So our guest is P.M.A. Chatwater,
1: and if you go over to Wikipedia, you'll see she is probably one of the world's most famous experts on near-death experiences. She has studied it for many years and has lots of fascinating stories to tell, and we're definitely going to be fascinated with her. She has some books such as The Big Book of Near-Death Experiences for you to check out. This is fascinating, really fascinating stuff. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. You know, neighbors, meetings are essential to the way we work. It's an opportunity to share ideas, problem solve, develop creative solutions. But if your team is spread out in different locations, coming together can be an impossible task unless you use GoToMeeting with HD Faces, the powerfully simple way to meet and collaborate online. Learn how GoToMeeting helps you meet with your colleagues just as it helps me. You know, of course, we use GoToMeeting here on the show because it's necessary for me to communicate with the people I work with. And no matter where you're going, GoToMeeting allows you to share the same screen to make it easier to be on the same page. And now you can present from your iPad. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST at gotomeeting.com. Remember, neighbors, seeing is believing.
3: Hi, this is Peter Kronchnabel from Midas Resources. As you know, federal government spending is at an all-time high, and inflation will be a direct result of the spending policy. European government and central bank spending policies have put the European Union on the brink of collapse. What are you doing right now to protect yourself financially? Are your assets working for you or against you? One thing is certain having physical possession of gold and silver will guarantee that no matter what happens to our economy or the dollar, your investment will never be worthless. And it will protect you from that hidden tax, inflation. If you've been thinking about investing in physical possession of precious metals or having an IRA in precious metals, I can help. Call me today, Peter crunch 1 800. 686 2237 extension 108. And I'll take the time to personally put together a portfolio designed to protect what you've worked so hard for. Call 800-686-2237, extension 108. You've worked hard your whole life, and I want to work hard for you. Call Peter at 800-686-2237, extension 108.
4: If you're considering a water filter, have you heard about Aquapail? Aquapel from freeze dry has huge advantages over many other water filters. American-made Aquapel units are designed and engineered to not just filter contaminated water, but capture or kill all bacteria and viruses to non-detectable levels. Aquapel has the fastest flow rate of any other water filter on the market, filtering a gallon of contaminated water in about five minutes. That's water when you need it, now. Get the world's fastest, safest, and most reliable gravity-fed portable water treatment system for surface, well, and wastewater sources, Aquapail. Available in four sizes starting at only $100. In all orders to the lower 48, ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or freezedryguy.com. 100%
5: 100% veteran owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali-C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali-C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali-C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali-C. For more information and to order Ali-C, call 877-888-7126 or go to GarlicHealthProducts.com. That's 1-877-888.
1: On the PowerCast with Gene and Chris O'Brien with his fuzzy slippers. In fact, later on, we're going to interview the fuzzy slippers. He's not saying anything. All right. Okay. He has a low opinion of me, which is now even lower. Like we're proud to welcome PMH Atwater. She is someone who is an expert, as much of an expert as one can be, on what they call near-death experiences. Doctor Atwater, welcome to the show.
6: Uh, It's good to be there.
1: She's also happy and pleasant. That's good. We'll change that.
6: Yeah, well, okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. And one of our books is the big book of near-death experiences.
6: And near-death experiences, the rest of the story, which is my summary book, summarizes over three decades of work.
1: Uh Aha. Okay. Well, we'll talk about both books through the show, but we also want to understand your expertise and how you got involved in this. So let me get you started at the beginning. Of all the things that one can talk about, and we've seen near death experiences depicted in movies and TV shows right, all the time. Right. And they all have a similar component to them, which is kind of like you're in this other place with bright lights, and maybe you'll be called to the light, but before you are, you're awakened and all that stuff. We'll talk about the scenario, typical okay. near death experience scenario. But, Dr. Atwater, what attracted you to this kind of study? I died. Well, how long? I mean, seriously. <laughs>
6: I, seriously, I died three times in three months in 1977. Uh, my first death was January the 2nd. That was caused by a miscarriage and extreme hemorrhaging. Second death was January 4. That was caused by the first, uh, the worst case of phlebitis. Um, the specialist has ever heard of, let alone seen, and a dislodged um, thrombosis, major thrombosis. The third death was caused uh, three months later. Um, We don't know for sure what caused that. They think it might've been a heart attack. They're just not sure. Uh, There's no vital signs. And in these three experiences, each was different. First one was relatively short. Second and third were quite long. Let me ask you
1: briefly before you go on. Sure. As you describe what you experienced, explain how long you were, as they call clinically dead. When you had those experiences, so experience number one—I
6: don't really want to go in depth in describing them because that would take over an hour. Oh, okay. Uh, Experience number one uh, was more or less an out-of-body experience, except it had more features in it than most of them do. I would guess, you know, who's watching a clock? You know, I would guess maybe time out, maybe two minutes, maybe three. Felt a lot longer than that, but I'll you know i'll I'll give that as a guess um the The second one, which is two days later, I would guess that to be something like about fifteen twenty minutes, but again, who knows you know, well, I don't know
1: well, okay, that's interesting too. Don't they say that there's going to be brain damage if you're dead more than four or five minutes?
6: Well, that's what they say, but not this a signature feature with near death experiences is. They are dead 5 to 20 minutes. That's normal. That's average. That's typical. Vital signs, no brain waves, no heartbeat, no pulse. Nothing's working. In other words, as near as we can tell they are a corpse or at least dead, some of them actually revive in the morgue. So 5 to 20 minutes. The signature feature is that there is little or no brain damage, in fact, brain enhancement. Yes, we do get some of them coming back with a little bit of brain damage, but, you know, very few. Most of them, again, come back knowing more than they did before, and you especially find this with children. The jump in intelligence is quite high.
1: This is something you can actually measure with tests?
6: An IQ test with children. And certainly IQ tests with the adults. Uh, and one of them, uh, in fact, several have had the, the IQ tested um, before and after. And, and the jump was, you know, it was a big one.
1: Now, in a case like this, the deaths all are caused by different purposes, different symptoms. In your case, you were a fairly young woman at this time.
6: Well, I was in my late 30s.
1: Right. So this is something here that you had in your 30s. But since then, you've had no repetition, no serious health problems. Uh,
6: no repetition, that's correct. Uh, no other health problems, that's incorrect. A couple of times, I had the phlebitis return, and I had to deal with it. Uh, but that was um, several decades ago. I have not had to do that since.
1: Okay. So the first one, you have the out-of-body. And out-of-body meaning that you can actually look down upon yourself?
6: Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Full vision. Yes.
1: Okay. So, Full can memory. you describe how it felt? Did you feel anything, or was it just something that was visual?
6: It was very visual. Um, I was miscarrying at the time, so I left my body, looked down. I, I didn't know it was an out of body experience. I really did not know. All I knew is I was. Um, this happened in in my bathroom in my home. Um, I kept bumping into the into the light bulb. In my case, it was a light on in in the bathroom. It was not some surreal light. It was the light of my bathroom um, light bulb. I kept bumping into it like a moth drawn to a flame. And it was I a couldn't... physical
1: light bulb that you yeah, physically to me, felt. It was
6: physical to me, it was all physical. Okay. I felt it physically. Um, and I couldn't understand why the difference in space relations. Suddenly, I was looking down at the toilet. I was looking down at the, at the bathtub, at the sink. And I couldn't understand why the sudden difference. And um, the more thoughts I thought, the more blobs began to form in the air. Um, sort of like ink blots, only fully dimensional. And I didn't know what they were, and they confused me. And the more I thought, the more they were. And um, the next thing I knew, there was, an, and there were several other things that happened, but really, the next thing I knew, there was an audible snap like, like someone, like had an overstretched rubber band, and somebody let go of that rubber band, and smack! Back into the body, I went just that fast, just that flippant, um, entering through the top of the head, sort of where your soft spot is when you're a baby, and feeling myself pulled back in, back clear to my toes, uh, and having to shrink to fit back into the body. I was bigger out of the body than I was inside the body.
1: Let me ask you here, did you see your body? When you were floating over it, okay, you saw your body what collapsed on the floor. I saw the
6: body. Um, Yes. Okay. And blood everywhere. Yes, indeed, I did.
1: Wow, I'm going to ask you in the next segment also here what kind of sense of self you had. Did you feel you had a body, or were you some kind of amorphous spirit? The
6: first time, yes. Okay. Uh, The second and third time, quite different.
1: All right. Let me just tell our listeners again. PMH Atwater is author of Near Death Experiences, the rest of the story, the big book of near death experiences. But before we and explore the encounter, the
7: subject? sure,
1: <laughs> and other books on the subject, and we're going to explore, after we explore her experiences, those of others that she's investigated. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. <laughs> magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown keep up with the latest on angels and miracles psychic phenomena ghosts ufos life after death and much much more to receive your free issue of fate magazine call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com that's 1-800-728-2730 what are you waiting for your fate awaits
9: We have witnessed two terrible storms in the east. But we are still in the eye of the perfect storm. The most devastating economic condition since the Great Depression, America's worst drought in agricultural history, and now the economic results of the presidential election. This perfect storm is a huge threat to everyone's food supply. I just doubled down and got even more supplies from eFoods Direct, and I recommend you do the same. It's GMO free with no hydrogenated oils and has a 25 year shelf life. It's time to get your own supply from eFoods Direct. I know I won't be standing in a bread line trading my freedom for food. I'm taking control of my future, and you're nuts if you don't do the same. Go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex to find the specials, and you can start with a holiday gift pack that's normally $80, now under $50. Remember, I can warn you, but I can't feed you. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Would you rather prepare six months too early or one day too late? 409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex.
10: That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your fake TV for only $34.95, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95. So get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-F-A-K-E-T-V or go to Faketv.com. Faketv.com, the burglar deterrent.
11: Do you think your home is toxic? According to the Consumer Protection Agency, over 150 chemicals found in the average home are connected to allergies, birth defects, cancer, and psychological disorders. The proven fact is we live in the most toxic environment in history. Yes, toxins can be killers, but there is something you can do. Detoxify your body with the Ion Cleanse Detoxification System from a major difference. The Ion Cleanse is made in the USA, carries the best warranty in the industry, and comes with a no-risk, money-back guarantee. We have an A rating with the Better Business Bureau and are trusted by thousands of doctors worldwide. Visit IonCleanse.com. That's I O N Cleanse.com. Or call 877 315 8638. That's 877 315 8638. Invest in your health with the Ion Cleanse from A Major Difference. IonCleanse.com. One of the most important decisions you will ever make.
5: Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to The Paracast.
1: On The Paracast with Gene and Chris, PMH Atwater joining us, we're talking about near-death experiences, the experiences that first interested her because it happened to her. So the first experience happens when you miscarry. Yes. And... Supposedly, you're briefly dead for a couple of minutes. Now, when you recovered, I assume you went to the hospital or did the emergency crew no. come to you?
6: No, I didn't know what had happened to me. So I made my way back to my bed. I had enough sense to elevate my legs in pillows, stuff myself with as much as I could to control the bleeding. And then I, I literally went to sleep. And to understand that, realize that I'm a cop's kid. I was raised in the police station. Outside my bedroom window when I was a kid was the police gunnery range. That's where they went to fire all their, good, you know, practice. And I never, ever heard a single shot in all the years that they used the field outside my bedroom window for gunnery ca- practice. So that's a sample of how deeply I sleep. I have three children. When they would wake up in the night and, and cry, it was my husband who had to wake me up. I didn't even hear my own kids. So it's like when I go to sleep, it's almost like I die or something. Anyway, it's just, I'm gone. <laughs> so I didn't wake up till in the morning, and my oldest daughter, I, I had two daughters home then. My son was gone. And my oldest daughter, who was in high school, came and jiggled and uh, and, you know wanted to know did I would it behoove her to call where I worked and tell them I I was sick I couldn't come in and I remember saying yes And, and, and both girls leaving for school and I was alone and I was in so much pain that you know it really would take somebody who's gone through some something like this to understand why I no longer knew who I was. I didn't care who I was. All I wanted was a knife that I could cut off my right leg. Uh, in, uh, from Whoa, the knee, boy,
1: wait a minute. From
6: the knee up, it was bright. the skin was bright red. There was a big, huge lump growing out of the right side of my leg. It was the thrombosis. I had phlebitis, and it was the thrombosis in my leg. And um, it was just—it was a medical crisis, and I was alone. I was incapable of walking, so I crawled. We had one phone in the house. It was a ranch style house. The phone was a wall phone in the kitchen, and it—you know—you you you crawl and you you, you just sort of uh, claw your way across the house to the kitchen, and you know I. It, I had six more feet to go, and all of a sudden, I I couldn't stand the pain anymore. I couldn't. So I attacked the lump, which was the worst thing I could do. Uh, I hit it. I shoved it. I pushed it. I hit it again and again. of course, that uh, scattered the thrombosis, uh, the blood clot, and I died the second time. Okay, and so this
1: time, they... They send the emergency crew to your home immediately or what?
6: It wasn't until several days later that I was finally taken to a doctor.
1: Doct- you died doctor. and you resurrected yourself, in a sense.
6: I came back to my body by myself. I did revive right. by myself. That's correct.
1: And you didn't uh, think at that point to go to a doctor and say, wait a minute, look what had just happened to me?
6: No, because I didn't know what had happened to me. I was a good Westerner. Westerners—I uh, come from Idaho. Westerners take care of themselves. You know, we had a fire in our home. I never called the fire department. I put it out myself. Um, you, you know, better you, you than me. Yourself. I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I was finally taken to a doctor and and uh, and a, a specialist, in fact. And all he did was shake his head. He just kept saying to me there's no way you could be alive there's no way you can be alive
1: okay so the second time this happened describe the experience in more detail
6: well I can't get in great detail again it, it, it I had an out-of-body component um, I had a, I had a component of, of, of creation uh, uh, of leaving this world entering another one being in the void um, discovering that I could create things. And I began to do just that. And then I was met by loved ones who had died on, died and gone on before me. Um, I was met also by Jesus. I had a session with Jesus and um, had the life review. And in my case, it was not like picture windows or a movie screen or bits and pieces, in my case, rather, it was um, reliving every thought I had ever thought, every word I had ever spoken, and every deed I had ever done since birth, and the effect of that on everyone who had ever come within my environment, whether I met them or not, the effect on the air, on the water, on the soil, um, uh, the total gestalt of my ever having existed on the earth plane, um, I relived every bit of that. This and is the that, second time
1: that you had your near-death yes, experience? Yes. Okay,
6: now I had one of the in-depth uh, life reviews. Surrender. You know, I just um, forgave myself, and, and, and there was a lot of forgiveness, and floated back into my body.
1: Okay, so you said you had a meeting with Jesus. Is this... The classic Jesus that we see in churches and all the pictures this is the person very who
6: knew that. similar, except he had red gold hair, and his eyes were a very, very pale blue.
1: Now, one question the skeptics will say do you think p m h that maybe you imagined all this? it was some kind of hallucination while you were and they say the death state
6: Oh no, no way. No way. I did research um, six years later on the historical Jesus, and there are letters in museums, um, and I I talk about it in in the book. I give you the footnotes where you can check this, um, that there were letters written at the time and sent back to Rome describing what Jesus looked like. He was very tall. He had red-gold hair. And he had unusually light blue or gray eyes. There was no way I could have known that.
2: You hadn't read any of this material before no. you had this encounter.
6: No, I okay.
2: hadn't. Well, well, that that leads me to a question about um, kind of a, a front-loading uh, situation. That's your question. You had a near-death experience now. Let's say somebody in in the Congo or somebody in Sri Lanka has a near-death experience. Are they going to see Jesus or are they going to see uh, Krishna or uh, some sort of Congolese Orisha? Uh, uh,
6: they, they will more than likely see a figure that will seem very religious, very holy, very divine to them, and they will describe that figure in in terms of their own culture and their own language uh, constraints. If so, you have them draw the picture of who met them, you can't see much difference between someone who is in Thailand, or the state of Wyoming, or in Africa. So, so the greeter um, in, in Most people, not everybody, but most people are greeted by somebody, whether that's a loved one who's died and gone on before, whether that's an animal, a pet, yes, there's lots of animals in these experiences, whether it's a light being, whether it's an angel, whether it's a Jesus-type figure, a religious-type figure, various kinds of greeters.
1: I want to ask you more about the greeters and why they're different and why the cultural background has anything to do with it. We're trying to learn. And it's a sure thing we're going to have you back to explore these topics still further. With PMH Atwater and Gene and Chris, you're in the The Paracast.
8: Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more.
1: We are the GCN Radio Network. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag... Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help
8: more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare.
12: Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com.
13: Iodine Protection Packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock save you money and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit hempusa.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant Powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant Powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. Here it comes, another cold and flu season. Get ready for it and save now during the pre-winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Don't be without powerful natural flu fighters like Elderberry Power Capsules. They support the immune system and they have antiviral properties. Another powerful antiviral is olive leaf capsules, highly recommended by Herbal Healer Academy. Also on sale is Physician Strength Oregacillin, a savior for the lungs. It fights bacteria, virus, and fungus. Our famous four herb capsules are a gentle liver cleanser and can be taken daily also featured this winter are the homeopathic detoxes liver kidney lung lymph whole body and brain detox on sale and remember as always new customers get a free 128 page catalog with your order log on and hit the pre-winter specials at herbalhealer.com healing the world with nature one person at a time since 1988
12: This is Jacques
14: Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
1: Hey there, neighbors. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, we do want to hear from you. Just write us, news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And that's not the only way to get in touch with us. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as the Paracast. So follow us and maybe send a tweet if you care. Also, you can check out our world-famous forums, forum.theparacast.com Once again, that's forum.theparacast.com So many ways to get in touch with your friendly hosts on the PowerCast. PMH Atwater joining us. The subject on the PowerCast with Gene and Chris is near-death experiences. And I wanted to ask you here, because in each one of these cases... You see something that appears to be part of your own culture. So, of course, you see Jesus. Other people may see a religious figure, a loved one, or something like that. Does that go to say that you're not seeing the reality, but you're seeing something that is colored by your perceptions or expectations?
6: That's a hard, hard one to call. Because many times these graders, sometimes relatives that are that have died and gone on before you, sometimes you didn't know them. Sometimes uh, you never even saw a picture of them. Uh, And and here the greeter comes, and it's this particular individual, and you do checking on it later on and find out, yes, indeed, this was, um, in my own case, my grandfather. I had no way to ever know this man. Um, I was born illegitimate. In those days, it was a big deal. I've had five fathers and two mothers. So I've, I've had kind of what you could call an unusual life uh, or an unusual childhood. So I, I could have had no way of knowing about this grandfather. He came to me in my experience, introduced himself to me. We got acquainted and, again, later on, I went through the books and the roles in Garden City, Kansas. That's where he was and, and, at the time. And, and found out, yes, that's what he looked like. Oh, my gosh. And, and found out things about him. I could have never known that before. The, the idea, then, of the greeter, sometimes, and, and this has happened many times in my cases, uh, the, the The person will talk about, let me give you an example. This is a woman on the operating table. There'd been an ex- a, an accident. She died on the operating table. They were able to bring her back and revive her and and they couldn't shut her up. She kept She kept talking about her dad. She was met by her dad. and and he described to her how he di- how he died, when he died. And under the conditions, and he kept telling her uh, that he loved her, but, you you know, this wasn't her time. She had to come back. So the doctors went to the family who was gathered, you know, in the family room and said, you know, all she's talking about is her dad. And the people in the, in the family room said, well, you know, we were on the phone with him this morning. He's in perfect health. Uh, obviously, she's hallucinating. So the doctors went back. They couldn't shut her up. She, she kept insisting. She was met by her father, and he told her all about how he died. So they, they went back the second time to the people gathered in the room and said, please call the father on the phone. You know, maybe this will stop her. So many phone calls later, they discovered that the father had died five minutes before the daughter did in exactly the same way she described. Jane, this happens fairly often. There is no way something like that is a hallucination.
1: Okay, I guess I'm interested mostly there in the way the perception is colored based on your cultural background, based on the people you know.
6: What I'm finding again and again is that the in that the experience itself will somehow, in some subtle way, match whatever is best for you at that time. In other words, the experiencers come back and inevitably they will say, I got what I needed. So what they go through then, however they describe it according to their culture, will in some manner fit or, or make things more comfortable or more fitting or, or somehow will shake this individual up in a way that seems somehow best for them on some level. This is what they're saying, that's not what I'm saying, but that's what they're saying, and it matches again and again. Thousands and thousands of cases.
2: Well, so, let, me, let me throw a little hypothetical in here. Let's say we have... Uh, Someone who's a very bad person. Someone who has had um, a life uh, filled with with very negative things, uh, hurting people. Uh, possibly, you know, Ted Bundy. Let's say Ted Bundy has a near death experience. Is he going to be greeted by by some sort of angelic beings and in, in a golden light, or is he going to be spiraling downward into some sort of infernal? Uh, damnation uh, realm. Do we have near-death experiences of, of very bad people that yes, describe yes. the opposite? One
6: of, the, my, one of them in my research base was, um, was a member of the uh, mafia, a hit man. So what I'm going to say here is that idea of fitting, that idea of whatever is best for the individual is not in accord with what we want, what we would think. It seems always in accord with the higher spirit, soul of the individual, not the personality individual. What you find again and again is that these experiences um, will not follow the kind of Oh, stream that, that we think that, that, uh, that they would. So let me talk about this fellow who was a hit man with the mafia. Obviously, he'd beat up a lot of people. Uh, he had even killed a few. Um, he had the same kind of near-death experience in the sense of the basic pattern as anybody else. It was his life review that was different. And his life review was was, was so extreme that not only did he have to relive what had happened in his life, but he had to relive what happened to everybody he ever hurt. He had to feel their pain, everything they went through, plus he had to relive Uh, their families, their friends, whatever they went through because of what he did to their loved one, he had to live through that also. So when he came back, he was so traumatized by his life review that um, all he could do when I met him, and he was in the Chicago area, interestingly enough, was um, he said he wanted in some manner to make up for what he did so he was literally serving soup um, to the street people and uh in a in a church that's what he was doing he said he said you know i I can't ever go back to the life i led."
1: so in that case the near-bath experience was something positive. So would we suggest here, because people see different things that seem to be related to their background, expectations, culture? The,
6: the way they describe it is related to their background, to their culture. But, but what we're finding in near-death experiences is that it affects the deep structures. So we're talking about something deeper than culture. We're talking about something deeper than personality or family. We're talking about the extreme depth of um, how we describe ourselves or how we think of ourselves and even beyond that. We're talking about heaven and hell levels in a deeper way. We're talking about the temporal lobes and and parallel processing, the limbic system, the pineal gland, um, the sensitivities we don't even normally think of. We're talking about, again, the deep structures of of scenarios and how we put things together. So so we're not being flippant here. We're not just saying, well, this person is a murderer, so therefore they have to go to hell. Or this person was a really great person, obviously they're going to go to heaven. It doesn't necessarily work out that way, nor is it interpreted in that manner.
1: On this episode, of course, we're covering... Matters that we really haven't touched on much before. We have PMH Atwater joining Gene and Chris discussing near-death experiences. You're in the ParaCast.
8: The GCN Radio Network. Providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here.
15: Preparedness is simple when you have the right stuff. And with the looming threat of economic collapse and possible service interruption, it's time to get the best-in-class preparedness stuff at DisasterStuff.com. DisasterStuff.com has been serving smart preppers for over 15 years with quality products like Berkey water filters. Disasterstuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. And as always, free shipping on all Berkey products. Stock up on water barrels and accessories. Get Country Living or Wonder Mill grain mills. Excalibur food dehydrators. Tattler reusable canning lids. Sun oven solar cookers. EMP bags to protect sensitive electronics. And don't be without your LifeStraw personal water filter. All from Disasterstuff.com. Preparedness is simple with the right stuff from disasterstuff.com. Freedom through self reliance and personal responsibility.
0: Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Jane Steinberg.
1: PMH Atwater joining us to talk about near-death experiences, about the cultural resemblance and connection, about the messages conveyed to the individual who undergoes this experience. So we're saying, PMH, that perhaps when someone undergoes this experience, they need something and whatever force is involved, God, heaven, whatever, they provide what they need to get on.
6: Well, somehow, some way, something is helping out with these experiences in ordering them in a way that will best fit that person's needs. Before, I wanted to give an example of this heaven and hell thing. I was giving a talk at a very large center. At the end of my talk, I asked those people who were in the audience, if there were any near-death experiencers in the audience who never talked about their experience, would they like to come up to the microphone now? And talk about it. And I had two volunteers, a man and a woman. The man was first. I would guess his age maybe to be in his early 30s. He talked about his experience. It was a very heavenly experience, a very beautiful experience, a very loving experience. There wasn't hardly a dry eye in the place. Kind of like the best of what you've ever heard on television or, you know, on the radio or TV. And when he was through, he shocked everybody in the room by saying this was the worst thing that ever happened to him. He felt cursed by this experience. He wished it had never happened, that it had ruined his life. Then this woman jumped up and talked about her experience. And it was very dark. There were terrible storms and thunder, raging wind, um, very, very dark. She was in kind of a whirlpool, a water whirlpool, and she was being sucked down, and she had to, to, to fight her way to the shore. She finally made it to the shore and pulled herself out of the whirlpool, and that's when she revived in her experience. So hers was very dark. Very hellish in that sense, or certainly very frightening. And she equally shocked everybody in the room by saying that was the best thing that had ever happened to her, that she she felt blessed to have had this experience because it showed her that no matter what happens to you in life, You can make your right way out of it. You can, you know, overcome it. No matter what it is, you can overcome it. So I caution everybody when they talk about near-death experiences to be very careful when you're saying positive or negative. Those are judgmental terms, and they don't apply. What I've seen with the thousands of near-death cases, you know, my my workload is nearly 4,000 adults and children is that when you're talking about heaven and hell, you're talking about the other side, and it seems to be layered once you get on the other side, sort of like a layer cake. There there are levels and dimensions. Um, Those that seem to go upward or a more finer vibration, we seem to call heaven or more desirable. Those that are more dense and heavy are what we call more frightening or maybe hellish. But what I've noticed with all of these cases is that there's no top and no bottom. This system, and I believe it is a system, works on choice. In other words, there's no way that you can be condemned forever in some kind of hell, just like there's no way you're going to float on a cloud forever playing a harp. This is a very dynamic, moving system that is based on learning, on surrender, and on choice.
2: Sounds like this incarnation, just a, uh, more of a graduated um, level. Like we're in kindergarten here, and when we die and move on, we go into first grade, which is similar. Well, you but go is-
6: wherever it is you fit by the frequency of your vibration.
2: Now, how about that third experience that you mentioned, the, the one that lasted for quite some time? Uh, what, um, how did that uh, differ well, from the two, or, or what What was it about well, that? Well, it, it certainly
6: did differ. Um, I was able to witness creation as it occurs. Uh, I brought that back. I was one of the few who could remember it and bring it back, and I wrote it down um it's in my book i died three times in 1977 the complete story it doesn't it's not going to cost you much it's, you know you can get it on uh it's an ebook you can get it on amazon.com and i i you know i go in depth about that there but what, what was different about that one was when i was in this special dimension or place whatever you want to call it, a voice spoke. Now, I was familiar with angel voices and guides and guardians and all this kind of thing long before I died. Um, but this wasn't that kind of voice. It was, it was big. It was thunderous. It was huge. You know, how do you, how do you put an adjective on that kind of voice? It was it, a voice so big that it filled the universe. And I called it the voice like none other. And my sense was it was from God. And that voice said, and I quote, Test revelation. You are to do the research. One book for each death. Um, It named books two and three, not book one. It told me what was to be in each book, or showed me what was to be in each book. It did not show me how to do the work or how long it would take. So when I revived, I had a body to rebuild afterward. You know, people um, get so excited about near-death experiences and the stories, and they don't realize that most of these cases come from violence or trauma. So you've got a body to rebuild afterward. And I had to relearn how to stand, how to crawl, how to walk, how to climb stairs, how to run, how to tell the difference between left and right, see properly, hear properly, and rebuild all my belief systems. Let me ask you
1: something here. Let me interrupt, please, for a second. Okay. Having to rebuild things, would that imply there was some sort of brain damage as the result of this third near-death
6: experience? I have no idea. The doctor never said that. Uh, I would say body damage. I had a lot of, um, you know, um, you just have to go through a lot of therapy and exercises to get arms to work, to get legs to work, um, to get a brain to focus properly. And I did that day and night exercises for a year. And at the end of that time, I left Idaho, and that's when I began my research in the Washington, D.C. area. And I've been uh, doing this research as I was told to do, uh, for over 33 years.
2: That brings up a very interesting point about duration. Now, um, I hosted a, uh, a very interesting talk a number of years ago with a Baptist minister named Don Piper, who, um, yes, and it's been him. pretty well documented that he was, he was gone for 90 minutes. Right. And uh, when he came back, he did have some, and still does have, um, some, some physical problems. What, what, to your knowledge, what is the record for someone, um, like a child falling into a frozen lake? I I know there's been cases over an hour, 90 minutes. What, to your recollection and your research, is the record for somebody coming back from being clinically dead? Dr. Atwater, before you answer that question, we have to do our break. So let me just tell our listeners.
1: We have PMH Atwater. She is someone who has had three near-death experiences herself. Amongst her books, Near Death Experiences, Rest of the Story, the big book on near death experiences. And when you check her catalog, you'll find she's written a lot of other fascinating books that you'll probably want to check out. And she's answering loads of questions about what happened to people. And now, Chris's question the longest death sequence before someone was revived successfully. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. <laughs> Hey, neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out asseenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SEEN1, S-E-E-N number one, SEEN1. Go to asseenontv.com to order, save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest as seen on TV items, save 10%. Or call one 866 The code scene one to save. Ten percent. Jim Newcomer from Minus Resources,
12: November sixteenth, two thousand and twelve. Gold opened this morning at seventeen eleven thirty. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for seventeen fifty three sixty nine eight seventy six eighty four for a half ounce, or four thirty eight forty two for a quarter ounce. That's seventeen fifty three sixty nine eight seventy six eighty four and four thirty eight forty two.
14: Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237.
13: Iodine Protection Packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant Powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant Powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: We have PMH Atwater, expert on near-death experiences, and also someone who has experienced them, joining Gene and Chris on the Paracast and now Chris posed a question before our previous break about the longest experience where someone was clinically dead before they came back successfully. What do you know about this, Dr. Atwater?
6: I'm going to give you a modern one and a historical one. The modern one is George Rodenaya. He's, Georgia. He's from Georgia. And um, his was documented three days in a morgue, and, and he came back. The other one, historical, is Walter Russell. Uh, we're talking, um, gee, when was it? Late 1800s, early 1900s. And his was 39 days and nights. When he came back, he was literally holy mind. You know, just, just not, um, he just wasn't Walter Russell anymore. He was just mind. And it took several years for him to be uh, be able to converse properly, even to be able to hold a pencil. Um, and uh, when he was able to converse properly again and uh, be a human being, if you want to call it that way, again, he started writing. And he's written just incredible books. The Secret of Light, The Divine Iliad, the, the one that, um, that just captures me is, is called the Universal One. It's all science. It's the periodic tables. He corrected the way that, that we have them now. He predicted black holes before anybody else. He was a correspondent with Einstein. And um, he just came back totally science. And he had been an artist before a sculptor. He could still do that afterward, but um, he was into science.
2: How was that possible for a, a body to lie for 39 days and, and be able to be revived? Uh, wouldn't you start having some sort of necrotic process occur? Or, I mean, well, tissues know, break down.
6: <laughs> uh, Plato talks about that in the soldier, Ur, who was dead for 10 days. On the battlefield, the body never corrupted. They put him, according to Plato, on on a pyre to uh, you know to burn, and uh, he came to. He revived on 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 the funeral pyre, and uh, with a very long, complex near-death experience, which Plato talks about. So yes, it does happen. No, it does not happen very often. These are rare but they do occur. Uh, How do we explain it? We can't. How do we explain a near death experience? Well, you know, there's a lot of doctors and scientists who think they can. Every one of their skeptical ideas have been been overturned in clinical medical studies. There's not a one uh, of the skeptical ideas about how... Uh, you know, how we can even describe these things, well, what, what we know now uh, because of four clinical prospective studies done in three countries is that the near-death experience is absolutely real, that during these experiences you can have vivid, detailed, checkable out-of-body experiences, clear enhanced consciousness, self-identity with emotions, cognition, thought perception, full use of your faculties, and intact memories when the brain is not working. Uh, because of this, because of this great um, m- amount of peer-reviewed studies that have been published, um we can now say today that the near-death experience is the number one phenomenon that scientists are now using to understand consciousness itself.
2: Very interesting. I, it just seems to me that, that it violates uh, the laws of, of science to have a body lay, lay, lay there for, for days at a time and not break down. Of course, we do have the alleged uh, 12 incorruptible uh, saints, uh, whose bodies have, uh, to varying degrees, have not right. have not uh, degraded. Um, I think there's one saint who uh, was famous for preaching to a million, uh, million plus people, and his tongue uh, has remained, um, I guess, intact while the rest of him faded away. Of course, there's Marie Jesus Agrita. I actually was able to dig up uh, the only known photograph of her. Um, she looks pristine after th- over three hundred years. Um, two complete scientific uh, investigations done exactly one hundred years apart were conducted on her and they they found no uh, evidence of any sort of of advanced um, uh, necrosis uh, in a hundred years so you know there are things obviously in our reality many things that we scientifically can't explain but but this whole idea of of being gone and then coming back and This one particular instance that you're referring to uh, from the late 1800s is is absolutely fascinating. The guy comes back, and and literally, it sounds like he's he's coming back with some of the secrets of the universe. If Einstein's going to spend time to to communicate with him, this fascinating stuff. I didn't. I I, I was not aware of this, and and I'm sure many of us. Walter Russell uh, is incredible. What was this? uh, What was this guy's name again?
6: Walter Russell.
2: Walter Russell. I'm. I'm writing that one down. I want to. I'm going to do a little research on this guy. It's yeah, the
6: University best. of Science and Philosophy. Um, he he went on to found that, along with his wife Leo Russell, and do and indeed look up his his books, his story. Mm-hmm. Um, he was able to transmute metal, um, and this was um, conducted in a laboratory. You know, I mean, I mean, everything is documented.
2: Transmute metal? No. What do you say? Lead into gold, like an alchemical? No, no, it wasn't gold. Had
6: something to do with lithium.
2: With lithium? Okay. Well, Uh,
6: I don't. I don't remember all the details. I'm definitely going to have have to do a little
2: research on that because this this is uh, we're getting into rarefied realms here. Um, Well, going back to your experience now. now, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong. You were gone about 20 minutes. You you figure?
6: Uh, well, I figured, but you know, who knows?
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm very curious as to you know how how this has actually. Uh, obviously, you came back and were inspired. I mean, you were given a complete boilerplate instructions. I mean, life coach yeah. on on where to go with with your life at this point. Now. Where would you put that as a key experience in your life? Would you say that was the experience that really put you on your path?
6: I came back with a mission, and I, um, and I, and I did my mission. I completed it. I did my work. There was absolutely no question that I would do the work, and I did.
1: So there was I, no, no judgment call. This is what no, I had to do. Nothing, I'm going to do it, no, and that's it.
6: No judgment call. Nothing. Oh.
1: Okay, we're going to break here. We're going to break here. We have Dr. PMH Atwater joining Gene and Chris talking about near-death experiences. You're in The Paracast.
8: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade.
1: We are the GCN Radio Network.
12: If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all.
4: In more ways than one, it's going to be a November to remember... Going on now, and just in time for the holidays, Emergency Essentials offers a huge Mountain House sale only at BePrepared.com. All Mountain House cans are 20-32% to 32% off. For example, a can of Mountain House Chili Mac, regularly $25.49, is now only $17.24. Scrambled eggs with bacon, usually $31.89, now only 21.56. dollars And save 26% on a three-day emergency kit. Or save $123 on a one-month supply of freeze-dried and dehydrated foods. Gift shoppers, check out the Katadyn Vario water filter at 26% off or get special pricing on the gerber suspension multi-tool and the volcano stove collapsible cooking combo for details call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and emergency essentials low price guarantee but hurry the november to remember sale ends november 30th that's 800-999-1863 the choice is clear be unprepared or be prepared.com
16: This is Jerome Clark, author
1: of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. With Dr. PMH Atwater, expert on near-death experiences, and Jean and Chris on the Paracast. We're exploring her experiences and how she decided her life work would be to talk about this to others. Now, what about your family here? Now, I don't know how much of your personal life you want to go into, but obviously someone who's had near-death experiences and goes into that will go into it. In your 30s, these happen at a time after you got divorced from your husband, right? Right. Okay. You're not remarried at all? Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. I'm married
6: now, and I've uh, been married 32 years.
1: Okay. Now, your children, having Uh undergone this experience and having wanted to do this kind of work, What did your kids think of it? Did they think, well, mommy's a little bit wacky here or what? (laughs) Well, I mean, my son thinks I'm wacky, so I say that.
6: (laughs) Years later, I invited each one of them to to write me a letter. What's their opinion of what they went through with a very different mother? And uh, my son, who's the oldest and the youngest daughter, both wrote back and said, um, that I was better and they liked me better and they loved me better and and that um, that it made me a better person. Uh, um, The middle child, the oldest daughter, was quite different. Her name is Natalie, and uh, Natalie never walks into a room. She explodes into a room, so Natalie is kind of a, you know, kind of a feisty character, and, well, even before I asked for the letter, Um, when I was, you know, going through my process of all that exercise and trying to get my body back and my brain back and, you know, got to the point where I kind of felt like I did it, you know, that I was reasonably back and that I was, you know, kind of proud of myself for, you know, being able to do that, Uh, she came up to me one day with her hands on her hips, looked me straight in the eye, and she said, Well... I like you better now than I used to, but I miss mom, and I want mom back. Well, you know, we both look for I I don't know what happened to that woman. We never did find her. Um, so her letter to me was long, uh, with various kinds of complaints that I wasn't mom anymore. And then at the end of her letter, she said, well, Mother you really are okay i guess it's my turn now to change like you did so that told me there was some kind of healing that occurred what it
2: was for a girl <laughs> I mean, um, if it if it takes i no, walked time out on my life to, to i did and the end of living to, to to change there's got to be a better way maybe somebody will I'm, come I'm up, up with a workshop or something
6: no i rocked out on my life i did I, I, uh, the oldest uh, went on to uh, uh, go to a cruise school aboard a square rigger in the Atlantic Ocean. My daughter went to college. The youngest went to live with her father. So I was left alone, and I sold or gave away or stored everything I had. Um, Sold my house, walked out on my life, quit my job and um, sort of meandered across the United States in my little Ford Pinto, uh, fulfilling all of my childhood dreams and wishes, wound up in the Washington, D.C. area, went to work there, and it was there that I I began my research and settled down and did my work. And again, um, there was no thought of doing anything else. I mean, this is what... I was to do, this was where I was to do this work. Um, the first two decades, I worked uh, a seven-day week, and I averaged about oh, somewhere between 11 and 12-hour days. I was absolutely obsessed with what I was doing. I'm a field worker. I, I, I did most of, of my work in the field, meeting the people on the spot, um remember I'm a cop's kid, so whenever I could I would get into the family. I would have sessions with the family as well. Um I uh with the health caregivers, with the neighbors, with the coworkers, with the children of. Um I had lots of sessions with all kinds of people, not just the near death experiencer because I wanted to know how real it was for them.
2: Yeah. So you're Um, talking, these are all people in addition to the 4,000 case studies that you did. Sure.
6: Nearly 4,000. Absolutely. Absolutely. My dad was very clear. He said, the body says more than the mouth does. So I spent a lot of time observing people and watching people. Um. Watching the body, the various joints, the various movements, the eyes. Um, Yeah, I I did um, very few questionnaires. Most of my work is um, person-to-person or group-to-group. And um, like a good police officer, you know, if there's an accident and there's four witnesses, you cannot go up to them and say anything except... Did you see anything? If they use the word car, then you can. If they use the word accident, then you can. You cannot use words in advance of your subject. You cannot do that.
2: Oh, that's called leading the witness. That's, that's pretty Absolute. basic for, for investigative uh, purposes, yeah. Yeah,
6: you bet. And, um, and that's the way I did my work. And if you're working with children, your eyeballs, your eye cannot be above theirs, your pupil cannot be above their pupil. So if they're small, then guess where you're doing most of your work? You know, on your belly or laying down. Um, Worked a lot with kids. Uh, By the way, uh, uh, anyone can have a near-death experience, including pre-birth, including birth trauma, including in the vagina as the child is being born, including afterbirth, toddlers, anybody can have a near-death experience with the little ones when they're old enough to have language they w- will talk about it or act it out or draw it now and it that's
1: fascinating be- okay let's go into that a little bit okay so a child years later after having something happen to them before they were born or when they were very very young begins to recall it. in what fashion does this manifest itself this recollection
6: well, usually, the child will try to talk about it they'll talk about angels or light beings. Usually, they talk about the people. Uh, little ones don't have the word angel," so they'll talk about the people or uh, the light that talks to them so they, they you know depending on their age uh, they'll have a different term that they use but but with kids. You know, it, it's just, um, for instance, half of them in my research base with kids, my book on this is The New Children and Near-Death Experiences, where I go in depth about children. Half of them in my research base could remember their birth, and in those cases where I could get back with the mom or the dad or maybe an aunt or an uncle, I never found an error. They were absolutely right. In those cases with pre-birth memory, one-third in my research base with kids had pre-birth memory. And, and that traced back to about seven months in utero or um, the third trimester. And it seems like, you know, about the time when the so-called fetus can feel pain, um, that's also when the brain kicks in. And these kids come back telling their parents what they said when they were still in the womb and shocked their parents. Um, if, if you'll get to my book, The Big Book of Near-Death Experiences, you'll notice there's a, a section in there called Womb with a View. I'll
1: tell you what, and that's a title. I love that title. That's Womb with to... a View.
6: These kids can see oh. outside the womb. They can hear. They, yeah.
1: We have a lot more to cover with PMH Atwater. On near-death experiences, even before some people were born. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Are you tired
8: of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more.
1: We are the GCN Radio Network.
4: Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty, and a two week try it free guarantee.
14: Future and call 1-800-686-2237.
5: What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey Water Filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey Water Filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey Water Filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com. Or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. Usually, the older one gets, the less you're able to absorb amino acids, and the less you're able to repair the 75 trillion cells of your body. As a result, you'll have less energy, your tissues will shrink, and you'll become wrinkled. An older person will typically injure more easily and heal more slowly. Not fun. However, if you could consume a protein powder that is easy to absorb, then you may be able to gain back some strength, muscle, and speed of recovery. One World Whey is a highly digestible whey protein powder that may be the perfect answer for you. My name is
12: Errol. I'm 74 years old. You know, the taste of One World Whey is amazing. I play pickleball, and since taking One World Whey and your trace mineral supplement, I have more energy and recover faster from my working out. I used to take another grass-fed whey protein powder, but now I'm getting much better results using One World Whey.
5: Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y, dot com.
16: This is Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear, and I'm here to say a good word or two about the Paracast, which I believe is the gold standard of paranormal radio. Listen to it if you can.
1: On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we are covering your experiences with... PMH Atwater. And we'll be asking Dr. Atwater, I guess in this segment, more about those who recall things happening to them in the womb. Now, this gets to be kind of a moral question here, but what is your belief, and you don't have to go into it if you don't want to, about when life begins? And this is the whole abortion debate and everything. When does life really begin? When there's consciousness or some remembrance
6: of what happened or what? Well, What we hear from adult experiencers as well as children is that they are very much alive and aware and conscious before they're even conceived. And that many of them choose their parents, choose their DNA, choose their characteristics, choose their hairstyle, whether they'll have a handicap and so forth. There they choose are a this of how? About
1: this. How so are they choosing this? Yeah, that that, that
6: that's because uh, I am sure. going to basically
1: I want to second guess myself. In
6: spirit form, I guess.
1: What was your excuse, G?
6: <laughs>
1: as I said, I want to second guess myself and I got to yeah, well, think you about your excuse. <laughs> you know? I got to think about your excuse. Why did you end up as you did? We understand Dr. Atwater. She came out pretty well all things <laughs> oh, considered. <I> <laughs> But, you know, I have to look at myself and say, gee, how did I come out this way? I mean, my son is perfect, so we know there was no question about how he came out. But with myself, okay, but they're choosing themselves. How do you remember doing this? What kind of awareness would you have?
6: They remember this in their near-death experience.
2: Uh, so, they so this is all- they okay. live this again in their near-death experience. Okay, uh, D- Dr. At- Atwater, just so, so that I'm clear here this information that you're referring to is not a general sort of statement of fact. It, it is, is based on recollections uh, brought back from NDEs. Right. Every, okay, everything okay. I do based I thought on you, my research. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to get that clear because I was a little confused there uh, because it would be very, very hard for me to believe that, uh, that um, there is any way to determine those things scientifically unless they're brought back in some sort of subjective way.
6: Right. It's their testimony, their narrative about their experiences. Um, There were not that many who talked about uh, preconceptual knowledge and awareness, Uh, but there were a lot of them who talked about that awareness once they were in the body, once they had been conceived, and, uh, and they're in the uterus awaiting birth.
1: Now, I want to ask you another left-field question here. When people have a remembrance of something before they're born, is there no possibility this is some kind of bad dream, good dream, illusion or something?
6: I can't make that kind of judgment. All I can do is speak to what they tell me, what their parents tell me, and um, step back in awe because, I mean, this is just quite incredible. Now, Um, for
1: those who have supposed remembrances of near-death experiences before they were born, is there medical evidence that they actually, for a brief period of time, were clinically dead in the womb? Yes. Okay. Maybe you can explain that further. So, in other words, like a child will draw something,
6: and then the parents will check it out? uh, I give an example in, in my books. Um, this this um, one particular uh, child now now this is closer to birth. Um, the mother um, there was no more heartbeat. the The mother went to the doctor. This is weeks before the, the, the child is due. Uh, went to the doctor again and again, and finally the doctor said, "This is a stillborn." Um, we're going to have to induce labor and get the, uh, you know, and, and get the, the baby out. So she came home, told her husband, her husband went in an absolute rage, was gone for a while, came back absolutely drunk, picked up his wife, threw her across the room, and into the corner of a wooden table. It ruptured the uh, her stomach, her uterus area, She was rushed to the hospital. They delivered the supposed baby, a lot of hair on it, didn't even look like um, a real baby. They just sort of shoved it over to the side and uh, spent all their time with the mother trying to save the mother. And then after they saved the mother, they noticed that this little heap that they kind of cast to one side, began to breathe. So they went back to the parents and said, you know, apparently this thing is living after all. May we conduct medical experiments? Both parents gave permission because obviously what they called the thing wasn't going to live, so go ahead and you know when push comes to shove that's probably the best decision that could have been made in this case because they were able to revive this baby and the baby survived and and when that child was a little girl and when that child was 2 years old uh, and by the way the, the the father determined in his mind that this is a boy that his His wife had killed his son, and that's why he was so enraged and tore up the house and threw his wife across the room. Because in his mind, in his very drunken mind, uh, um, he he concluded that his wife had killed his son. And, And the reason none of this was reported, the drunken father beating up his wife and throwing her across the room, is because the doctor was the father's drinking buddy. So it was never reported to the police. Um, So we're we're going now to a time when this child, this little girl, is two and a half years old. And there's kind of like a family uh, get-together. So this child, who by now has a library card and is, is reading advanced books, And speaking in full sentences, remember I told you you about the increase in intelligence afterward, especially with children. In her case, this was certainly so. At the age of two and a half, in front of everyone, she went up to the father out loud and repeated every word he said to her mother before he threw her across the room. She described the room. She described everything he did in the room, she, she, colors, furniture, placement, everything, every word he said to her mother. He was so shocked. Wow. And everyone in the room was so shocked.
2: That's paranormal. No
6: one could say anything.
2: That, that's that truly happens. amazing.
6: It happens again and again. Especially wow, so you have other, other
2: cases that... that, that... That can back up this sort of precognition yeah wow that's amazing what What do you think we're dealing with here? Um, you know we've heard all, all our listeners are pretty up to speed. We have um, a a a real a real interested uh and proactive audience out there on the paracast. A lot of folks really do a lot of research on their own, and the term akashic records uh, i I'm sure comes up in people 's research from time to time. Do you think that this is something, that there's some sort of pool of, of data and feeling and sensation out there that, that we all sort of belong to? And during these, these uh, periods of trauma, we're able to somehow access um, some sort of uh, amorphous um, library of information, sensation, that sort of thing? Or do you think these are all uh, just individualized um, experiences that have no connection with some greater whole
6: What I think is we are witnessing the will of the soul. We're talking about the soul here, and it has its own will. We're not talking about a personality. We're not talking about gene. We're not talking about PMH. We're talking about the soul of gene and the soul of PMH. And that's what seems to reveal itself and... uh, um, and uh, these experiences then follow along with what the soul wants in its growth, in its learning, whatever it needs, and that it's that. I'm hearing is
2: it's an individualized thing. This is not some sort it, of. It's a,
6: individualized, but it's also part of the greater, the greater group, if you will.
2: And
1: if you have a comment or question about the PowerCast, please write us. News at the Paracast.com. Once again, that's news at the Paracast.com. We want to hear from you. We have PMH Atwater joining Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Jane Steinberg.
1: Fascinating discussion with Chris O'Brien and PMH Atwater. And Dr. Atwater, you were about to answer Chris, and we kind of ran out of time in our previous segment. Do you want to go on with that?
6: Well, no, I'll do my best. <laughs> this is a big topic. Yes, we are all part of a greater dynamic. I have no question about that. And within that greater dynamic, we are individuals that have our own trajectory. So within the greater whole, we exist as individuals also. And uh, one of the things I discovered in my research of near-death experiences is that there are clearly four types of them. There's certainly the larger experience, the greater pattern, yes, 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 but there are clearly types of that pattern. The initial, what I call the initial, is just a few things, like the living dark or the loving nothingness or a quick out-of-body trip or just a greeter of some kind. Um Children have a lot of this, so do adults, but especially children. We have the unpleasant or hellish. Um, One out of seven in my research base had this one. Um, We have the pleasant or heavenly. Um, This is the one we're the most familiar with, The, the books, the TV shows, the documentaries, and on and on and on, where in my research base, not even half had that. And then the transcendent. Now, in the he- hellish and heavenly, that's where you find your life reviews. Uh, with the transcendent, this one, you know, the individual is just as apt to hop a light ray and tour the universe as they are to wind up in some kind of heavenly college. Very seldom is this one. Personal, It, it, it rather, it has to do with the human family, with evolution, with the universe itself, how it came to be. So it, it is that broader, larger um, type of experience, again, that is seldom very personal. Um, so those are the four types of exper- experiences, and um, within that arrangement, then, then you do see very very much so that some people 's experience will uh, wrap around what is necessary for that individual at that time in their life to pull it all together to change their life, transform their life, uh, maybe bring more of the spiritual into their life, more that sense of God or Allah or the divine, and then with other people. Um, no personalization at all. No idea of them as a name or social security number and rank and order, but r- rather they as a soul, they as a spirit, um, they as um, one with the many. So y- y- you get that, that broad concept that the near-death experience seems to address whatever is needed at that point in time for that individual. If they don't need a lot of work on their particular life at that point in time, then they get the other kind. They get whatever it is that they need at that point. And, And this is not a hard, fast thing. We can't come in here clinically and scientifically and say, you know, this is the way it's going to be because that's the life you're, you've lived because we have no way to judge or discern what is really going on in depth at the deeper structures and, and, and deeper realities of that individual. All we can look at is the superficial life, the personality. We don't know what's going on on the deeper levels. And that's where the near-death experience uh, aims for, is the deeper levels. And when you're talking about near-death experiences, you simply cannot talk about experiences like this without talking about the after-effects. There is a pattern of physiological and psychological after effects. These people come back changed and in specific ways and in physiological ways. Not everybody, but most of them. The physiological changes have a lot to do with the brain-mind assembly. That is to say, brain structure and brain function change uh, a little bit with some, a lot with others. Uh, the nervous system, the digestive system, alter, and so does skin sensitivity. We're coming back with changes above and beyond the idea that people come back more loving, more generous. And, and, and about
2: real physiological alterations.
6: We're talking alterations. About physical changes yes. as well as psychological changes.
2: Wow, that's interesting. I, I, I was not aware of that. Now,
1: I wanted to ask one question here that occurs to me listening to this conversation implies here that the person who undergoes a near-death experience is chosen for that and has to undergo changes. It's not just you get sick and you die briefly because of the condition you have, not because of some other cause. And this implies another cause. You didn't just die because you were sick. Right. You had to go away to be rebuilt and
6: sent back. Well, you know, that's one way of putting it. i rather look at it this way that these experiences are so impactful they are so real they are so dynamic that they change the physical body as well as personality and the basic pattern of the personality
1: but then you're kind of saying here that if they didn't have to undergo a change they wouldn't die or well, a brief you know,
6: death. that's sort of like the judgmental thing, and, and you know, I, I, I'm going to back away from that, because who are we to judge? We don't know. All I can share is that I saw this subtle pattern happen again and again. No, I can't prove it. Uh, uh, all I can do is submit to you my research, and you decide for yourself.
2: Yeah, that also brings up something in uh, that I've heard associated with these types of experiences from time to time, and that is being told that your work is not yet done, that you can't transit and go to the next level or go to the other side because you have to return because there's something you've left undone. Have, have you done any follow-up work with people that have told you that they were somehow – their life had been, their life's goals or their life's purpose had been, uh, it was not yet fulfilled, and that they had to return for a purpose, whether known or unknown. Have you done any follow up work with people well, that have how claimed would you do that?
6: Follow up work. You, you, you'd have to be, uh, a trained, um, uh, transpersonal hypnotherapist taking the person back, um, into the soul level or into other levels of life in order to be able to ascertain something like that. So you you can't make that kind of statement. You can only suppose, and it certainly sounds like that's true, that there is unfinished business and, and we do need to come back and finish up our business. Or sometimes there are certain missions or jobs that we've chosen to do or someone else has chosen us to do it, or for some reason we need to do it, and we come back and we do the job. M- my case is certainly in point here. I never chose to be a researcher. I, I and mean, stop and think: who in their right mind would want to be a researcher in a pioneering field?
1: We got to do the break. Boy, the do I know about field. that one? Let me do. I got to do the break, guys. Here we go. We have Dr. P.M.H. Atwater talking about near-death experiences. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Hey, neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The Perfect Tortilla, Easy Covers, Hot Booties, Furniture Fix, Petty Spin, and more... Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out asseenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SEEN1, S-E-E-N number one, SEEN1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest, as seen on TV, items. Save ten percent. Or call 1-866-277-3366, 1-866-277-3366 The code scene one to save ten percent
4: What's better than Mountain House freeze-dried food? Buckets of Mountain House freeze-dried food. Now the Freeze-Dry Guy introduces convenient, easy-to-store Mountain House Survival Buckets filled with our top-selling items. Each item is sealed in a Mylar-type pouch, and each pouch is neatly packed in clear buckets so you can easily see the contents inside. These Mountain House Survival Buckets come with well over a 25-year shelf life and are perfect for emergency preparedness, camping, backpacking, or at-home use. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on Freeze-Dried Foods, and choose our 12-month, 6-month, 3-month, 1-month, or 7-Day Mountain House Survival Bucket with 32 generous servings starting at just $69.95. And all orders to the lower 48 ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freeze dry That's 866-404-3663 or go to freeze dry 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze Dry Guy.
17: Are you or someone that you love struggling to reclaim your health? My name is Matthew David Hurtado, CEO of rnadrops.com. In 2008, I struggled with chronic fatigue syndrome, PTSD, and Lyme's. I thought that all hope was gone as I lost everything in the process. In 2009, a miracle happened. I discovered ion and RNA drops. Two months after taking RNA drops, the chronic fatigue and the PTSD had vanished into thin air. I'd like to invite you to discover RNA drops by visiting www.RNAFreeMini.com today. That's RNAFreeMini.com today. Listen to hours of testimonials and get a free trial bottle, pay only shipping and handling, by visiting www.RNAFreeMini.com or give us a call at 1-888-550-8231. That's 888-550-8231. Hurry, supplies are limited.
0: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
1: PMH Atwater talking near-death experiences with Gene and Chris on the Paracast. And Chris, you're about to interject at the end of her last comment some further of your own.
2: Well, I I was just saying that, boy, I I, I know the feeling. I did not ever think that I would be out uh, in the field investigating paranormal activities and all the things that go bump in the night. Uh, I thought I was going to be, uh, you know, a musician or an artist or, or some sort of creative type, not somebody that was interviewing thousands of people. And and that's, I I kind of feel for you because I think we both share that. But I think my, what my question was prior to this, though, was have has anybody come back, you know, full of vim and vigor saying, I was just told I need to come back because I have something important to do and has any of your of your uh, you know four thousand people actually invented a new and better light bulb or a sure, better mousetrap? Sure, trap most or,
6: of them, most of them. Okay, uh, most, let's talk most about of them that. Come back that way.
2: I, I, I love the motivation that uh, that you're implying here that people feel when they come back, and and give us some examples of how people like yourself have come back, and then just had this whole new lease on life, literally, and and gone on to uh, bigger and better things?
6: I would say easily two-thirds or more are like that. So this is typical. It's not atypical. It's typical. Certainly, I'm a case in point. Margaret Fields Keene came back a healer. She used to be a teacher and a 4-H mother. Uh, She came back a healer, went to Africa and was healing and, and... with the indigenous healers, um, did some incredible things, invented the result system of healing. Certainly we have Walter Russell, but... And then there was a fellow in Sweden, I don't remember um, his name, uh, had an experience when he was about, oh, I don't know, 10 or 12, and just downloaded all kinds of inventions. And then when he became older, he went to school, got his degree in... um, Engineering and and told everybody. Now he has the sheepskin to back up all of his inventions, and he went on to invent all kinds of uh, incredible things. And he said every one of them he had gotten when he in his childhood near death experience. So he only went to school to to prove that he could do it. So he could finally, you know, um, uh, come out with all these things that he had had when he was like ten or twelve. In his near-death experience, he had Mel Thomas Benedict, who also came back an inventor. Uh, one of the inventions that I saw in his studio years ago he invented a, gra- a glass cutting scissors with very little hand fatigue. I got to see the scissors, and you know, as it went on, there was a fellow in Canada who was shown uh, the, the the correct way to interpret the Bible. He spent the the rest of his life in seminaries, talking to seminarians uh, to educate them on the proper way to interpret the Bible. Uh, we have people that have come forward with all kinds of music. Uh, they were not musicians before. We've got this fellow who sold shoes and, and came back singing grand opera at, at at various contests and went on to become an opera star.
1: Now, before uh, they have this encounter, could they sing? No. Okay. So basically, I could die tomorrow and wake up and I'm doing good old-fashioned rock and roll or something. Maybe.
6: Whatever is repressed or suppressed within the system or not developed in the system, that seems to be enhanced and accelerated afterward. So the seed of it is somehow in the individual to begin with, whether they ever developed it or not or was interested in it or not, And that is developed afterward. I was on my way to become a bank manager. So obviously I had a little bit of that seed in my system.
2: Boy, boy, you were saved.
6: (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't know. I was one of these kids with learning disabilities. Um, In the first grade, I was the only kid in class who could see music, hear numbers, and smell color. We now call that stenesthesia or conjoined senses. And I spent most of the first grade on a tall stool in front of the class and sometimes had to wear a conical hat that said dunce on it as an example of a bad child who told lies. So that
2: so the teacher's perfume was turquoise. <laughs> my
6: first grade was a nightmare, but we won't go into that right now but it's that idea that somehow some way uh in at least in my opinion there, there's a, there's a seed somehow in that individual that then accelerates, expands, and develops afterward. And, and that's, that's very common. Also common is, is um, the personality tends to change, or at least the way they talk, the way they act, uh, their behavior uh, does change. And the families, uh, uh, certainly is a testimony to this, the bosses, the health care uh, providers, the friends, the relatives, this person is different afterward.
2: I seem to recall a newspaper article that I read here within the past few months of somebody having a near death experience and coming back with a completely different accent from a different culture.
6: Right, that, that occasionally happens too. Correct.
2: Okay. concept of Gene coming back as a rock and roll star, I don't, I, I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that one. Well, I can't.
6: Well, again, again, we're talking about the soul level here, guys, we're not talking about the personality level. You're, you're trying to all tie this up as personality behavior. Well, certainly that applies. But what we're looking at, again, are the deeper levels and the deeper realities of the individual. So, you know, it's got to be the spiritual. It's got to be the spirit. It's got to be the soul. I don't know what else to tie it to because you can't tie it to mom and, to, and dad and, and the serial number. Or, or the social security number. You just can't tie it to that. It's deeper issues. And, you know, experiencers will say over and over and over again, this is a spiritual experience. This is an experience that opens up the soul level, the spiritual level, the idea that um, that this world we live in is much bigger and more meaningful than we think, and is run by laws above and beyond that of humankind. That there is another force at work, and it is that force that somehow touches the individual in these experiences or opens up greater realities to these people who have this kind of experience.
1: We have PMA Chatwater, the subject near death experiences with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast.
8: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade.
1: We are the GCN Radio Network.
12: Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's
17: when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material, like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood, and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135, and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to stockstorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or stockstorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove minimal wood-use cooking stoves, available exclusively from stockstorage.com. Do you think
11: your home is toxic? According to the Consumer Protection Agency, over 150 chemicals found in the average home are connected to allergies, birth defects, cancer, and psychological disorders. The proven fact is we live in the most toxic environment in history. Yes, toxins can be killers, but there is something you can do. Detoxify your body with the Ion Cleanse detoxification system from A Major Difference. The Ion Cleanse is made in the USA, carries the best warranty in the industry, and comes with a no risk, money back guarantee. We have an A rating with the Better Business Bureau and are trusted by thousands of doctors worldwide. Visit IonCleanse.com. That's I O N Cleanse.com. Or call 877 315 8638. That's 877 315 8638. Invest in your health with the Ion Cleanse from A Major Difference. IonCleanse.com. One of the most important decisions you will ever make.
9: Hi, this is Ted Phillips, listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe
1: me. Down to two more segments with PMH Atwater talking about near-death experiences. And we're focusing on a lot of things here about where people suddenly become dedicated to a total profession, different profession, different lifestyle, All this is a result of having one of these experiences almost or very much conveying the possibility that they were meant to die briefly, like you restart a computer. Is that a way to compare it? It's like the computer restarting? No,
6: I I wouldn't say meant to die. That's such a judgmental term. We have no way to judge that.
1: Well, how about Uh, meant to reset, meant to do a reset? that,
6: That they do die and they come back changed. And there certainly is that element of unfinished business on the soul level. They come back to take care of that. Uh, But to say they were meant to die, that's kind of a spooky thing to say. So I'm going to back away from that.
1: I was thinking more in the sense of doing a restart or a reset. of a do-over. A do-over. And now maybe that's the way it has to be done.
6: You know, you could use those terms. I, I'm not sure what term you could use, but certainly the experiencer gets what they need, whether they admit it or not. And most of them that I know admit it, and uh, that somehow the soul is involved here, and that this was appropriate, and this was meaningful, and this was helpful.
2: That leads us to an, an interesting uh, uh area that that a field investigator a field researcher has to deal with from time to time now you've had over four thousand case studies and well, nearly you've seen four
6: thousand not over
2: nearly four ne- nearly four thousand and and within those thousands of cases obviously you've been able to t- discern patterns you've been able yeah. to see trends yeah. has anyone come to you and uh Come to you with a an ex, a claim of an experience that didn't conform to that, and then you later found out that perhaps they were hoaxing you or or trying to pull the wool over your eyes Have you have oh, yeah you had... I
6: did run yeah i did I did run into that certainly you can usually, you can usually pick out a hoaxer um, there's something different about their eyes it's um, the way they use their words their energy. you can usually pick them up pretty quick it it's a a feeling kind of thing that You just sense right away. But you can be fooled. And I was fooled once that I know of, and the daughter wrote me years after her mother had died and told me that her mother had taken her experience and claimed it as the mother's own and did it for the attention that it was actually the daughter's experience. And she would not give me the name. She said, You know, I, I did. You know, I don't want to give you my mother's name, but I, I want you to know that this happened and that you were fooled. So, you know, this has happened.
2: A lot of people with a lot of strange motivations out there. But, uh, but
6: usually you can pick, a, pick them up. But that one I missed. Yeah. You know, these experiences are, are so,
10: you know,
6: even if it's just a simple one. Like, you know, like, like the initial experience where you're met by the living nothingness or the friendly dark, um, if it's intense enough, you'll get that pattern of physiological and psychological after effects. So what I like to point out to people is that it doesn't matter how complex the experience is or how much information you gain what matters is, how intense was it? And it's that intensity that that strikes down and involves the deeper structures. So again, it can be a simple experience, or it can be one of these long and complex ones. It doesn't matter. What matters is intensity.
2: That's a really good point, and it, and it brings up uh, this particular question. What is the most memorable, sort of out-of-the-norm, intense experience that somebody has brought back? One that didn't conform to what you have identified are trends and patterns uh, within these experiences. And, and there, do, there does seem to be uh, a fairly easily to discern pattern uh, within the four patterns that, that you illustrated. What, what is the most intense intense experience that you've uh, encountered in all your case studies?
6: Well, I, I want to say right, right now, it's, it's one pattern. The pattern is the near-death experience. What I found was different types of that one pattern. There are many that don't conform to the Moody model. Uh, that classical model is not classical. We now know for sure Um, that the tunnel effect is not a signature feature. There are not that many people who experience a tunnel, adult or child, anywhere in the world. So let's brush to one side this idea of something that, that breaks the pattern. I haven't run across anything yet that broke the pattern. So the idea then, rather is what caught your attention and i I want to talk about one that's very simple not one of these big complex ones but it grabbed you this is a man this is portland oregon this is late october this is outside portland in the sort of the hinterlands and it's, it's around midnight there had been a little bit of a rain and not much though but the temperature had suddenly dropped so it had created a condition called black ice. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, but we Westerners are certainly familiar with black ice, where you, um, the road is covered with ice, but you cannot see it. And he was traveling, uh, um, hairpin turns, traveling faster than he should have been with, bla- with a black ice condition. He did not know it was black ice. It was the dark of the moon. There were no other houses around where he was traveling. He lost control of his car, smashed into a great tree. He lost his right arm. He could not see, and as near as he could tell, he was dead. He floated up to the top of the tree, looked down at the bloody, um, twisted sight, and that's when he saw that his right arm was gone. Uh, that he couldn't see, and there was blood everywhere, and his desire was to save to save his body. So he looked around for help, and a distance away on a, a, a bit of a hill, there was a two-story house with a light on in the upper right corner of the house. How he got from the tree to the house, he does not know. It, it seemed to be like he floated there or, or somehow got there. And he and he looked inside, and inside was a man. He yelled at the man, there's been an accident, call the police. And he kept saying it over and over again. Uh, the police later on, in, uh, in interrogating the man in the house, said you know wh- what happened why did you even bother to look for an accident and that guy said in his ears he kept hearing a the man yelling called. there's been an accident call the police so without question he grabbed he grabbed a flashlight went down the house outside the house and he again to you know call call the police then went down with his flashlight and and, and located the accident and was there to flag down the police and the ambulance when they came. Well, two months later, the guy is still in the hospital, and his sight came back. Now, he had been an artist, a professional artist, right-handed. So he took his his left hand, because they could not reattach the right one. So he took his left hand, and, and he drew a picture of the accident scene. The police were called in. The men in the house were called in. They looked at the picture, and they said it was as if a photograph of the actual accident scene.
1: Oh, boy. We have PMH Atwater joining Gene and Chris. For one more segment, you're in The Paracast. <laughs>
8: Many Americans suffer from digestive problems, often totally unaware they're not absorbing essential nutrients from foods and supplements. Dr. Peter Glidden is aware of the importance of healing a damaged digestive system.
1: Now, the product that I'm going to talk about today, Mackey Plus, and it is a combination of a superfruit, the Mackey Berry, and aloe vera juice. Now, aloe vera is a very interesting nutritional supplement to talk about because aloe vera, you know, it's the stuff that you put on your skin if you get a burn, and man, it really knocks down the pain, the inflammation of the burn, and facilitates healing. Well, guess what? It does the same thing internally that it does externally to burns.
8: To soothe and heal your digestive system, order Mackie Plus today by calling 855 347 3696. That's 855 347 3696. Or on the web at fireyourmdnow.com. That's fireyourmdnow.com.
16: This is Kurt Zellman, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast.
1: This is a fascinating journey into possible near-death experiences and the consequences, how people's lives have changed. Usually, I guess, for the better, right? I got the impression most for most cases, of what you but say. All, not all. Yeah, in most in, cases, but not all. Okay, in cases where things got worse, we haven't dwelled too much on that. Could you maybe mention a case or
14: two?
6: Um, I can say that where it seems to get worse are those people, especially uh, uh, those people who had frightening experiences. But remember that man in that hall who talked about a beautiful experience as being a curse, certainly with him. What I've noticed with these people who um, uh, seem unable to integrate their experience is over time they seem to get kind of nervous and edgy. Um, Many go on to experience health problems. Um, They they just seem not to be happy or satisfied with their life. Um, And, you know, I can't say that of everybody, but I can say that of most of them in my research base. Um, They didn't have that kind of satisfaction in their life. Those who were able to integrate their experience and went on to use it or benefit from it, those people, even though they might have horrendous problems afterward, and many did, like divorces, losing jobs and you know be, being kicked out of the house and so forth, uh, came to a point where they found um, their life very much better very much more comfortable, very much more lovable, and many of them um, went on, of course, to go on in a different job and a different place and a different kind of life and were able very much to profit from their experience. So, So you can't make a broad statement here that everybody profits or everybody suffers. What you can say is that if the person chooses To learn from their experience and have that experience speak to them in a meaningful way, those people go on then to turn their life around and uh, benefit very much from it. And others, too. I like to think that the research I've done has helped other people. And I certainly did not do that research for myself. I did it for others.
1: Now, this is obviously considered, this is the whole show was all about, the PowerCast. We deal with subjects that are sometimes regarded as fringe. So, how does someone like you get more mainstream science to look at near death experiences and the value and the consequences of the changes?
6: Well, I had the good sense to listen to a vision I had before I married. Uh um my husband terry atwater and the, and that vision showed me what my name should be so i went to court and i changed my name to p m h atwater and that seemed at the time a very stupid thing to do but later it turned out to be a very wise thing to do because my name was initials and not a feminine name. Uh, my work was considered, talked about, and uh, looked at. And um, since then, uh, several of my findings have have been upheld in clinical studies. I was in the Dutch study, um, the clinical prospective study that was in Lancet Medical Journal, twelve fifteen oh one. Um, So I made it into Lancet, and um, yeah, my work has been considered, still is, and they're finding out now that the work I have done on the after effects has turned out to be uh, the best in the field. And I truly feel it's because I did not have a feminine name when my work came out. That does make a difference. Sorry, it's still guys. that
1: glass ceiling, right? A little bit of a glass ceiling.
6: Yeah. It's yeah. So unfortunate. Very definitely. If I'd have had a feminine name, uh, my work would have never been considered. And I can say that without hesitation.
1: Okay. Well, that works pretty good. That works pretty good. All right. So tell our listeners about these two books that we've been discussing through the show. The Book of Near-Death Experiences And, of course, near-death experiences, the rest of the story. In a couple of minutes or less, what are they going to discover? I'm telling you to cite, you know, a 5,000-page book in three seconds.
6: Yeah. Well, the big book of near-death experiences catches everybody up with worldwide research. So, yes, I talk about my own research in the book, but mostly what's going on in the world, in the different countries, and where we are now in research. Near-death experiences, the rest of the story is uh, is my research. And um, I talk about things in that book I could never talk about before. Um, And uh, the second half of the book is about threshold experiences. I truly believe on the basis of my research that the near-death experience is not any kind of anomaly but is rather part of the larger genre of transformations of consciousness. They have the same or similar after effects. And in the book, I go on to show what what transformations of consciousness are, why we have them, and where they lead us.
1: All right. What kind of reception do you get to your books in terms of other people's experiences? Do they then feel compelled to write to you about this?
6: Some do. Some do. Yes.
1: Do you get people who criticize you saying, why are you doing this?
6: Oh, (laughs) criticism is legion. Yes. Um, I have been slapped. I have been threatened with lawsuits. Um, I have been cursed. I have been yelled at. Um, Yeah, You, you name it. You name it, I've gotten it, and um, it was very hard to take for a while, and I went through a long period of depression because of it, and I came out of the depression, uh, no vision, no words, just um, the desire, the feeling in my heart to do more and do it better. And that's exactly what I did, and for the most part, I've outlived most of my critics.
2: Well, that's certainly something to boast. Unless they come back. Unless (laughs) they came back after a near-death experience.
6: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've done a lot of work, guys. And uh, I did it for others, and now I can walk on. And my latest book uh, just came out last week. And it's called Children of the Fifth World. Uh, You know, one of the conundrums I went into is children being born now match children who've gone through a near-death experience. So my curiosity was, why? Um, why the match? And and so this, this book is my answer. Children of the Fifth World, where I talk about genetics, evolution of the human race, the new kids, and on and on and on.
1: On and on. Where can our listeners find more about your stuff?
6: My website is just myname.com. So it's www.pmhatwater.com. Dot com. I have a free monthly newsletter, um, so you can sign up on my website for my newsletter. There is an archive there, so you can look up past newsletters. Um, I allow myself to talk about whatever I feel uh, is necessary or helpful or hopeful at the moment, so you never know what's going to be in my newsletters. We'll
1: look forward to it. Chris O'Brien, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff.
2: Well, I think uh, we all agree we live on a strange planet, and it's ourstrangeplanet.com. Right on. You can find us, by the way,
1: on Twitter. We're known as The Paracast. Yes, we are on the social networks, even though we're very unsociable. At least I'm not very sociable. (laughs) That's The Paracast. We also have actually two... PowerCast fan clubs on Facebook still waiting for somebody to guide me and tell me how to combine them into one, if there's even a way to do that. I guess you can get stuff on Facebook you can never get it off. PMH Atwater, thank you so much for joining us this week on the PowerCast.
6: Thanks, Chris and Gene. Bye.
0: The PowerCast.